right, Matchroom Radio with David Diamante. I have a great guest with me today. I'm really excited. We got Richardson Hitchens here, um, campaigning at 140 pounds, young lion. It's great to see you here, man. Fellow Brooklynite. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, good to see you, man. Thanks for joining us today. How you feeling? Thank you for having me. I'm feeling good. Just enjoying the moment and just waiting for big things in the future. Yeah, we just had you in Cleveland. You just won an IBF uh, North American strap. How does that, that's your first strap. How did that feel? Um, it, it honestly felt like, uh, like it should have been here way, like, w way early in my career. I feel like I had like a lot of battle-tested fights. I feel like I already proven myself in my professional career, and I think that fights I had previously in the past before that should have been for a title. But um, it came and it, it took some time, but we did it. How did you rate your performance in that fight? Uh, I rated a B minus, uh, a B minus, maybe a C. I think I could have did, did better, but I did what I had to do. I stopped a guy that never been stopped. His only loss is to Liam Parrow and in a split decision. So I think that I totally proved that I was on a whole different level. Let's speak about Liam Parrow just for a second, because he just had a big win in Australia against Brock Jarvis. Mm -hmm. And when he won, you tweeted at him, didn't you? Because yes. you're really active on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you yeah. like Twitter, huh? Yeah, I like Twitter. Yeah, because <laughs> you, you get to talk, you know, you get to talk your shit and, and interact with other fighters and see what the boxing media and the boxing world is thinking. Right, right, right. So is that a fight that you, that you want, or is that, is that, because there, there are so many opponents out there. We're going to talk about a lot of different people. I mean, the, the, the landscape at 140 pounds right now is unbelievable. You must be very excited. I mean, yeah. it's just a great, a lot, this is a lot of talent and a lot of great matchups to be had. But where does Liam Parrow fit in that? Um, I think Liam Parrow is a, is a, is a great uh, opponent for me. He's undefeated. He's, he's right there for a world title. I think that um, I need his spot. And I think that um, me and him will match up very well. Um, if he's ready to do it, I'm ready to do it. We can do it next, or we can do it after that. I mean, it doesn't matter. I love boxing, so my schedule is always free. Once I fight, I'm ready to fight again, because I really don't take no punishment in fights, so it's not like it takes so long for me to get back in the ring. So um, I would love to fight him in the near future. I'll fight him, like I said, next or the fight after that. You don't take the punishment because you got the slick style, yeah? Right, right. Where does that come from? Does that, does that come from back in the days training with Sosa? Is that with Lenny Williams? Is that just you? Is that with your time with Mayweather? Um, I think that I've always been a, a student of the Mayweather style. I've always been a fan of Mayweather. And um, just growing up around fighters like Shakur Stevenson and Terrence Crawford and um, Shushu, guys like that, from just a lot of guys that I always watch was pure boxers, so I just always mimic my style to be a pure boxer. And, and I believe in like just being smart. I think boxing is a, is a, is a, a beautiful sport. I don't look at it as, as a dangerous sport. I think when um, you got guys like me and guys like, like Mayweather and Shakur Stevenson, it's an art. It's not, it's a fun. You can, I can box right now a 12, a, a 12 round against you and it'll be fun. It won't be like, oh, I gotta go do training camp and put my body through a, a brutal war. It's a fun, it's fun, because it's an art. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but you're 140, I'm a little bit bigger. Yeah, yeah I'm just know. saying, even, <laughs> even with the size, it's still like, right. you know, it's still like, it's still like, how can I say it's like a video game. It's yeah, like, no, I understand. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. And, and um, you know, you have a lot of different styles of, of fighters and fights. In fact, one of those uh, kind of styles is coming up uh, very soon, Tiafimo Lopez and Sandro Martin. Yeah. It's an interesting fight. How do you look at that fight? Um, I've I seen the way Sandro Martin boxed uh, Mikey Garcia. i seen a little glimpse. He looked like a, a good boxer. Um, that was a great win for him. I think Tiafimo is game. Um, 
I see a lot of holes in Teofimo game also, so I think that he he is beatable and is a winnable fight for Santa Martin. And um, I really haven't watched Santa Martin that much to know if he has too many holes in his game. From what I last remember, he outboxed Mikey Garcia. They said it was a close fight. Like I said, I only seen glimpses of it, but I think it's a winnable fight for each guy. Yeah, it, it's a it's actually a tough fight, and um, we got to call. Uh, I got to call a lot of Sandor's fights uh, early in Spain, and uh, really great guy, but very tough and very slick. Right. So it's going to be an interesting fight. I can't wait to see that fight. Yeah. There's another type of fight that I think <coughs> is very interesting in the division, and I'd really like to get your take on that because I know you know these both of these guys, yeah. and that's Tank versus uh, Ryan Garcia. Um, it's at the 135. I think they find out a catch weight. Right. Okay. At 136. I, okay. I believe and. Um, I think it, it is an interesting fight when it happens. Tank got to get past his opponent first. I don't know if Ryan have anything lined up. Um, I think it's a great fight. It's, you know, Tank is my, a good friend of mine, so I'm always rooting for him. But I think it's a great uh, fight for boxing because you got two young fighters that's looking to prove themselves. A lot of people say Tank haven't done anything in boxing, and a lot of people say that Ryan Garcia haven't done anything in boxing. So this fight right here will propel their profile to the next level. Oh, I agree. I absolutely agree. Do you have a favorite in that fight? Obviously, Tank is your guy. Right. And, and from what I understand, you're not a big fan of Ryan. So obviously, you're going to root for Tank. But yeah. who do you think will win if you had to? If you had to... I'm, I believe in Tank. I believe that Tank is, 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 is he's Tank and he's the hyped up guy for a reason. Power, great power, great speed, tremendous boxing IQ. A lot of people don't get to see and heart of a lion. Right. And, and, he, and I know this personally because I've been in... I've been around him for years, so I know what he's capable of, and I think that um, Ryan Garcia is going to come very motivated, very determined, and that's going to make him dangerous, and he's also talented. But um, I see Tank prevailing if he, if he does what he has to do before the fight, working hard, making sure he's mentally and physically prepared for the fight. He's got to show up. All right. So knowing that you were such a fan of Mayweather back in the day, and I've known you for a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, before you were pro and all that. Yes. And uh, obviously you went to the Olympics, um, you know, represented Haiti, which is great. Must have been a great experience for you. Right. Uh, in Rio, yeah? Yeah. Um, and then you signed with TMT, mm -hmm. right, with Mayweather. How was that? That must have just been a real high for you. Um, yeah, it was a great experience because at the time, uh, a lot of promotional companies didn't, didn't uh, believe in me the way uh, Leonard Ellaby did. It wasn't so much Floyd. Floyd, I mean, Floyd met through the Olympics. He wanted, he was, wanted to sign because of he, he say, she say. You know, he, it was a lot of hearsay about me and my talent. And um, Leonard Ellaby also heard about, a lot about me and my talent. So they gave me the opportunity that nobody else gave. So I will always be grateful for that. And just to be around Floyd Mayweather, conversate with him, study, study him. And even when, um, I think the best part about signing with him was when he took me in and took me to Vegas during the pandemic and actually trained me. He was hands-on with me. I was at his house. We talked a lot about boxing. He taught me about a lot of fighters from the past, like guys like, um, um, I forgot the guy, Michael Nunn. Sure. I didn't even know who he was till Floyd told me about him. We used to, we was watching his tapes. Floyd used to be hands-on with me. I'll spar and he'll, we'll go home and he'll be like, okay, you did this and that wrong. That was like a dream come true because it's Floyd Mayweather giving me insight on my game and teaching me different things about the sport of boxing. So that was the best experience I took from signing with Mayweather through the whole journey. And it really, did, do you feel like that really elevated your game? I think um, it, elevated my, it elevated my game mentally because when Floyd told me how special I was as a fighter, and he didn't just, it wasn't just like, oh, you're special, you're going to be okay. It was like, he really wanted me to know, like, he really sat down, talked to me, told me, like, I'm different, like, 
everything that I believe that I thought about myself, he confirmed. Like what you're thinking about yourself, like basically is like you are, your son is special. And everything that you're, you're, you want out, out of boxing as far as world titles and, and the money and the cars, you'll have that just stay focused. So once he kind of stated that to me, it was like stamped, like, okay. Yeah. And, and as you know, boxing is such a mental game. Right. So getting that, not that you needed it, but just getting that must have just really, like you said, taken you to the next level. And I see it. I, I see it in, in your mentality. Yeah. You know? We saw it a couple weeks ago in Cleveland, going into your fight week. Yeah. And even there was a lot of jawing between yeah. Montana Love. Yeah. Between you and Montana Love, which is interesting because he's here this week. Yeah. You know, we're again, we're in Glendale, Arizona, or Phoenix. Yeah. Phoenix, Arizona for the uh, Estrada Chocolatito 3, which is, that's a great fight. Yeah. And I want to get your take on that because I know you're a fight fan also. Yeah. But um, obviously, Montana lost that fight, a DQ loss. Um, you won your fight. Um, you know, you stopped your guy. Mm. And so that was kind of the fight that was looking to happen. But mm. now, has that derailed that, do you think? Um, I don't know. I think that Montana, he he does have unfinished business with Steve Sparks because it was a close fight from what I was, I'm hearing. And from what I was seeing a little, when I watched the highlights, it looked like it was a close fight. Um, but we don't know that. I think that me and Montana would also still be a, a, a great fight. But like I said, I, I, I feel like... Um, I don't know, like, it is what it is. The fight fans still want to see it because there's a lot of bickering. I would love, I would love to still do it. And I'm just chasing greatness. I truly believe I'm, I'm the best fighter at 140, so I'm ready to take on all comers. As, as long as it makes sense, we can make it happen. We can make it happen next. We can make it happen to fight after that. It's all on him. Everybody always asks me, do I want to fight Montana? But they never ask Montana, does he want to fight me? I answered the question numerous times. So me coming over here to match him, I already knew it was bound to be we was in, in a, a collision, a collision, collision course, course, you know? So I wasn't ducking that fight from the beginning. So another couple names that are, that are very interesting. There's a fight coming up with, uh, well, I don't know if it's 100% made, but it looks like it is Jeremias Ponce and Subriel Matias. That's a very interesting fight at 140. Do you, how do you feel about any of those guys? Do you, do you know anything about those guys? And um, I'm sorry, um, I don't know anything. I don't know anything about Ponce. I don't know anything about Ponce. I he's never from really... Argentina, and he's very tough. We mm -hmm. did his fight against Lewis Ritson up in Newcastle, England, and okay. he beat the brakes off the Sandman. You see, I never, I, I, I shared the ring with Lewis Ritson when I was a, a young kid. Okay. Coming up in the gym, he came, I think he came down to uh, Brooklyn for something. Um, I don't know who the Lewis, the Ponce guys, but I know Sabrina Matias, and I know he's a tough, tough competitor. Obviously, the, the he's, tragic fight. Yeah. Maxim. Boogeyman of of the 140 division. Yeah. Uh, very uh, aggressive fighter. And um, if this guy is a beast, how he is, I don't know his style, so I can't really match him up. But I think it should be a great fight. I'm taking your word for it that you're saying this guy's a killer. And I know Sabir Matias is a killer. Yeah, well, I think just Ponce, is, he's, he's a very capable fighter. Yeah. He's a very capable fighter for sure. It's, a, it's an interesting fight. If that fight does get made, I think they're looking at sometime in early February. Yeah. That would be a great fight. Well, you've shared the ring with so many people over the years. I mean, guys like Virgil Ortiz, guys like Boots, um, even a guy like Pat McCormack, who's also now in the matchroom stable. Yeah. Um, and we just did his fight. I think he fought just last week in London. We did his fight, and yeah. he became 3-0. and Yeah. Another Olympian. Mm -hmm. um, do you remember him at all? Yeah, I remember fighting him. Uh, that was like a great experience I took away from my amateur career, because I remember getting ring with him. He was so, uh, ex so experienced, so smart, great time, and great kind of puncher, and just on a different level that I was used to facing. And I took a lot of a lot away a lot away from that fight.
Um, and uh, I think he, I think uh, that was one of the fights that kind of showed me where I was at okay. at the time. And it was just a great experience fighting him. Would you want to fight him again in the pros, possibly? I think he's like a way bigger weight class. I'm not sure what weight class he fight. I think he's like, I don't know, he was fighting 165 oh, in the amateurs. Oh, you know what? Yeah, you might be right, actually. He's campaigning a lot. Yeah, because even when we fought in the amateurs, he was, he, was, he was already a real big dude. Sure. Um, but he's a great fighter. I would love to share the ring with him again, though, uh, just, to, just to gauge myself and see where I'm at. I think I'm a whole completely different fighter from back then. Way better, way more skilled, way more experienced, way more smarter. So um, I'd love to even get in the ring with him and spar. It doesn't matter. Yeah, of course. What, and I mean, what have you learned from facing guys like Virgil and guys like Jerron? Um, just to get an experience, I really can't, can't, can't uh, tell you what. I just feel like it was just the experience of, okay, like what, you, you, know you, you know you're about to face one of the best. You know the feeling of, okay, when the anticipation, like, okay, day three, me and Virgil's matched up, or day two, me and Boots got to fight. So you just got that anticipation, and you just know. And even though you, you didn't, you got to go through certain guys, you know the best, you're going to go through these certain guys because the best is always going to wind up finding the best. So even if though me and Virgil had to fight in the semifinals or the finals, or me and Boots had to fight in the semifinals or finals, and it could be the first day, I, I know that, okay, I'll look at the other side of the bracket, right, he's the best. I know me and him are going to match up because I'm the best over here. So. Right. It was just, um, it was just a great experience. Fun days in the amateurs. It was just fun days and great experience being in the ring with all that talent. Of course, and I mean, even let's go back to Brooklyn just for a second, because what was it, the Atlas Gym, right? The, yeah. The cops and kids gym uh, in Brooklyn, right. and with Sosa, with with Sosa and and guys like uh, Nikita Bobby, and yeah. who else was on your team? There's a lot Rashad of Mati, Rashad Mati, Shot Hop, yep. Bruce Carrington, Shushu. Uh, it was it was it was definitely those are like the days because like I, it was so many young talent I, and and the crazy thing um, I started boxing like Shushu Shushu started boxing I want to say like around seven five six seven years old me and B Hop started around like 13, 12 years old so it was kind of like the latecomers but we was in the gym with so many um, talent like Edgar Belanger was also in the gym at a time sure. and and we was in the gym with so much talent that we propelled so quick I was only boxing for maybe four or five years and I was already in the Olympics. And that's like a huge, huge accomplishment because you got guys that box for years and go to like years and years of the amateurs and still don't make it to Olympics. But I made it to Olympics with four or five years of boxing. So that was like, just showed that the type of experience I was getting, the talent that I had and just my skill set as a fighter. So it was a great, great growing up in that Brooklyn gym. Yeah, I mean, I remember when you started, and I remember when Shushu started. I mean, yeah, that was. I used to call Shushu's yeah. fights in the community centers out in Brownsville right. many years ago. You yeah. know, and even Edgar Berlango, when he was, I don't know, seven years old, I used to train in the gym yeah. um, with Benny wow. and those guys yeah. years ago. Yeah, that's you know? years, years it ago. It was a long time ago, man. But And, and it's great to just see how everyone's kind of come up. And yeah. remember Rashad winning the gloves and right. at the garden. And it was yes. just exciting, you know, all yes. those great times. Yes, yes, that was, that, I don't know if you call my fight in the, um, in the Barclays when I won the, because um, no. I won the, gar, the, I, the gar, Golden Gloves at, twice. At that point, I wasn't calling the gloves oh, anymore. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. but I might, I think I was there yeah. when you won it, but I didn't call it. Okay, okay. Yeah, I did call them at the Garden, but not at the, not at the Barclays. Yeah, I missed the Garden. Yeah, it yeah. was, uh, it was great stuff, man. But are you still close with those guys? Yeah, I'm, I'm very close friends with, uh, yeah, with me and everybody still talk. We, you know, everybody, everybody's grown men now, everybody have kids. 
a lot of people have kids. Some people are engaged and have Shoot, just got engaged. Yes, or Edgar got engaged. He right. has a kid. B-Hop has, has a kid. So everybody's older, but, you know, we still keep in contact. You know, yeah. we're still in the sport of boxing, so we're always going to wind up coming up coming up and seeing each other. So, When you were with Mayweather uh, TMT, you were living on the West Coast? No, I was living on the East Coast. You still, I, you I moved still to, East Coast? Yeah, I moved to the West Coast probably for like a few months. Okay. Because now you're, now you're in Brooklyn still? Yes. Okay, because yes. I saw you, I mean, how long ago did we have breakfast together? Uh, wait, 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 for a couple of weeks? Wait, it was a couple of years ago, right? Wait, when we had breakfast? Oh, no, or? yeah, but I'm talking at, at, in Brooklyn. We when had I was, Yeah, do you remember I was, I was in a, it's a, I'm talking about the local spot in Bed-Stuy. I was at the little cafe, and you came in, you were like, oh, Dave, what are you doing? And then we sat and we broke bread. Oh, wow, well, I've already found somebody. This, I, was, this yeah, was, so, it had to be at least three years ago. Yeah, wow, well, see, this Just is, in the neighborhood. I, I remember that, but I really don't remember what cafe it was. I, I remember seeing I, you in I, the cafe. I'm not going to say because on camera, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it was. Because uh, yeah, I, yeah, I always did see it, you it in the neighborhood. Decal. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Yeah, you're right. Yep, yeah, yep, I remember decal. that. Okay, you know the spot now. Yes, I know what spot you're talking about. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, facts. Yeah, it's Max's spot. Yes, I know what spot is that. Yes, Max's spot. Felix. Right next to Felix. Right next door to Family Dollar. That's the one. Yes, that's the one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, um, and uh, I saw Shu recently, too. He, he stopped by my house. He gave me a buzz. He came by. But he's yeah. doing really well. Okay, he seems to be sure. progressing with his career. Yes, yes. And a lot of great things happening. So I feel like a lot of those, those Brooklyn cats, are they're doing it. Yeah. You know? Trying to bring glory back to the borough in, yeah. in, 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 the, in, the, in, the, in the fistic arts. Yeah. You know, and it's a hard time right now um, in boxing for any, any athlete, but I say, I say harder for New Yorkers because there's so much going on right now with the era. I think that it's so much, it's so much easy to get distracted. Yeah. So f for a lot of us young guys, especially for us young guys that's making money and um, seeing a different lifestyle, I think that it's, for us to be able to stay focused and still be at the top of our, our game, it just shows the dedication to our craft. How do you do that? How do you stay focused in this uh, era of all the, um, you know, the, the, the social media, all the distractions? Um, I, I, I really, I think it's mental more than anything, and I really believe in um, just trying to just use the world as, as like, I can't explain it, but just using the world as a way to get better for boxing. Like, even though, like, um, there's social media, some people use social media to compete with other people. I, I use it to compete with other people. I'll be looking like, okay, like, you got Shakur running in Houston, I, I got to get up and run. I ain't going to the club. I ain't do this. Like it's just, or even I hear stories about Floyd going to the, to the club, but always making sure he he got his work done. Right. I'll try to always stay, try to stay focused on my craft because I know that that consistency and dedication. There's no losing with that formula. I got this far, and I started boxing not knowing how to throw a jab, and I got this far to becoming a, a elite professional. So I think that as long as I keep doing what I did from day one, the sky's the limit. Where does that come from? That 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 drive. Um. Hunger just have you always had that? No, nah, it, it just came from just no, seeing the life that boxing could provide for me and just knowing my background and where I'm coming from. Where I'm coming from is, is somewhere that is it's not the final place in life. So I don't want to, um, I want to take my family with me, and I feel like I'm the only one with this opportunity to, to be able to take my fam family with me. I'm the only one with this, with this roadmap that knows, okay, if I do this, we can you know, it can prevail us forever. So I, I'm gonna put myself in the deep end and throw myself in the ocean for, for everybody, for everybody to eat. So I know that hard work is, is the main key. For sure. I think a lot of people don't know about your family and, and how you came up. Can you talk about it a little bit? You're from Brooklyn originally. Yeah. Your brothers, sisters, what yeah. do your folks do? What, what was growing up like for you? Um, I grew up with um, my younger brother uh, and my mother, 
we was in a household, a one-bedroom apartment. Um, I remember just, I think one of the biggest motivations was I remember actually B-Hop came over to my house. We was a, we was a young, I was a young kid. I probably was like 15 years B-Hop old. B-Hop or, or Lil B-Hop? Lil B-Hop. Chris Lil, Colbert. Yeah, Lil B-Hop used to always sleep over my house. And I remember he was sleeping in, a, uh, sleeping in, I think, in the room or the living room or something like that. And I remember him waking up. I was like, used to fuck with him, like to throw water on him and, and, and stuff like that. So I remember I was messing with him. He, he was sleeping like one eye open to make sure I'm not messing with him. And he seen like a bed bug and he's like, Yo, is that, he's like, is that a bed bug? I'm like, I don't know what's that. He's like, bro, I, have, I had it before. I know it's the bed bug. So it was like five in the morning. He got up and he's like, I'm not going back to sleep. I'm like, bro, you serious as a little bug? Like, go to sleep. He's like, bro, you know how serious this is? Like, I'm like, it's five in the morning. What you going to do? He's like, I'm waiting for the train to start back working at seven. I'm leaving. I'm not staying here. So next day, my mom come back. I'm like, yo, like, I was embarrassed. I'm like, yo, course, this kid yeah. left my, my house. Like, I have a bed bug. We got to get new couches and, and, or a new, a new bed, a new bedroom. Whatever, like a new um, mattress, and she's like, "We don't have no money. You gotta, we gotta sleep on this." Right. And every night, I always used to be itching, but I didn't know why it was. Right. And I just remember having to literally sleep on that bed and itch just because my mom didn't have a few hundred dollars to buy a mattress. And now it's like I could spend a few hundred dollars, like, like on food or something, on a dinner, at dinner, and it was just like, just coming from that is like okay, like. This is like I don't ever want to go back to that. So that was like one of the stories that I forever like remember that kind of like okay motivated me to like never go back. I I always went through hard times, but that was one of the things was just like damn like it's really because that was like a recent memory. I was still like 16 years old, like so I'm just like damn like I can't even change my mattress, like you know. So it was kind of like it was that was one of the things. How is Chris doing now? He had that 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 loss, and it just I haven't seen him kind of come back from it? Um, I, I speak to him. He, he's, he's, in, he's in a great spirit. I think uh, he's happy. You know, he also, he also comes from a, a terrible background. Background, Like, you know, he, he has his house now. And he has his car, his he's kids. Got a business. Uh, he got his business. He got his kids. So he's happy. Um, I don't really know about his competitive nature. I, I would hope he's still hungry and ready to get back in there and compete. Um, but when I speak to him, he sounds like he's in great spirits, and he sounds like he's ready to get back in there and get back to that world title. So going back again to the youth, before your love of boxing, you were a big wrestling fan. Is that true? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about that. Um, I remember just getting up. Like my mom used to like um, um, get me in the shower, um, make sure all my homework was done, and then she'll watch WWE with me. Our favorite wrestler. She liked like, it too. She liked the Eddie Guerrero. I remember Eddie Guerrero. Rest in peace to him. Ray Mysterio, John Cena, she used to love John Cena, The Rock. Like, those are like the, one of the greatest days I really believed it was real. And yeah, I was like a great wrestling fan. Wow. And when did you first get exposed to boxing? How did that happen? And did you love it off the bat? Um, I watched, like I said, I was a great fan of wrestling. And I was watching TV and I seen Floyd Mayweather come flamboyant, talking shit, outspoken. And he beat up uh, the big show. I'm like, oh, wow. This kid is like, cause he had the, I think he had already announced him on WWE as being undefeated. Right. And I'm like, he's talking shit. There's no way he could beat Big Show. He's about to lose. Right. He beat Big Show. And I'm like, he's still undefeated. Then I start tuning into his 24-7. Him, him and Juan Will Marquez and, and De La Hoya. And he's talking shit. And he's always coming up beating these guys. Right. Always coming up. I'm watching 24-7. You talk shit, beat Ricky Hatton, talk shit, beat Marquez. And I'm just like, oh, no, nah, like... And he's just like the perfect boxer. He's like this gladiator, talk shit, tremendous defense, can't get hit. 
I'm just like, yeah, I want to be like this. And I just, after that, um, I found a boxing gym and I fell in love with it. So you, again, like we said before, you're very active on Twitter. And like we said, you signed with Mayweather in LRB, you were with TMT. And then when you left them, you, 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 made, you wrote a tweet. I can't remember what it said. It said something like, thank you guys for the opportunity, but it's time to move on. Mm. What, what, can you tell us why it was time to move on? Um, I just felt like it was better opportunities other places. I think that um, it was limited. My, my opportunities was limited over there, and it was, I felt like a lot of time was being wasted. I feel like right now I'm still very young in my career, sure. and I have a lot to give to the sport, and I just felt like at the pace I was moving at over there with um, Floyd Mayweather, it would have took a lot longer to get to where I was trying to get to than opposed to going somewhere else and getting opportunities other places. So um, I would just, I just had to go and leave and do my do business somewhere else because when I when I first signed with Floyd I was not very business savvy I didn't really know about the pro game and how the networks work and and just I just was just like okay I'm signing to Floyd and I'm fighting is okay but now as I'm getting older and I'm seeing my friends getting opportunities and I'm not getting exposure and I'm just like I'm just as talented as these guys if not better than a lot of these fighters that's on TV and supposedly some of the brightest young um, stars in the sports, and I feel like I'm I belong in that uh, fraternity. So I just felt like I had to go somewhere else. It's and, your time to it's your time to get up into the lights and, and show what you got. Right, and you know I teamed up with my manager Keith Conley, and um, you know, and now we're here. We're trying to make uh, huge things happen. So let's talk about the hookup with Lenny. How long you been, Lenny Williams, yeah? Lenny Wilson. Oh, Wilson, Wilson, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I know Lenny, great guy. Yeah. Um, and you guys train at Gym X, which is also in the neighborhood. Is right. 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 You still live in Bedside? Yes. Yeah, because I'm still right there, right, too. Right, right. Um, so we stay on the neighborhood, uh, and, <coughs> and I know the gym. A lot of people train at that gym through the years, a lot of people. Um, but uh, when did you hook up with Lenny, and, and what's that been like? Um, I hooked up with Lenny a few years ago. I think, I believe I was like 14, 15 years old. And... Um, um, he just came to the gym and he was just showing me little, I remember the first thing he told me was like not to step too deep in with your jab, like a little short step. Sure. I, I was already one of the top amateurs at the time. I was probably like 15. I was ready winning reach, nationals. They teach. He, right. So he was teaching me little lessons and what stood out about him was he was passionate. Mm. He was passionate. I didn't know if he was the most knowledgeable guy, but he was passionate. And I was, for some reason, I, I, was, I started off training with Sosa, but I always just see, like, for some reason, the guys that, that had their father with them in boxing, they always, was always, like, on the next level. And the way Lenny wanted me to win was, like, a father wanted his son to win. Like, he was so dedicated to right. my, my, me be winning. Like, he, sure. it was personal to him. Absolutely. Even though I was an amateur and there was no money involved. And, like I said, I didn't know he was the most knowledgeable guy, but I knew that he wanted me to win, and I knew how uh, uh, passionate he was about it. So I just... Said, so, you know what? I'm gonna stick with this guy, and I'm gonna give him my loyalty, and I've been with him ever since. I love that, and it's it still you still progress, and it feels it feels like a great. Yes, still like they want to still progress, and still very passionate till 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 right now. Like, like he's one of the reasons why I am on top of my A game, and he's one of the reasons I feel like I even went to the next level because I learned so much from him. He's a great guy. Shout out to Lenny. All right, let me just take a look here. I want to see, because uh, we have some, some um, fan questions. Would you be okay to, to answer some yes. fan questions? All right. I, I do want to ask you real quick, though, before we go, because um, uh, I wanted to ask you about um, 
I'm sorry, hold on. Here's the, where's the fan questions? Okay, here we go. I just found them. All right. I wanted to ask you before we go, because you, you fought in this arena before, the Desert Diamond Arena. Oh, wow, yeah. You did fight Yeah, you. yeah. Yeah, it was on the undercard, I think, Benavides. of uh, Benavidez Lemieux. Mew, yes. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what was the crowd like? How do you, how, how do you think the crowd's going to be on Saturday for Estrada Chocolatito? And, and what do you think of that fight? Um, I, I was fighting a Mexican, so, it was, you know, it was hostile kind of territory. Right, right. That's crazy. Two fights back-to-back -back hostile territory. Um. So yeah, they kind of booed me, but once I got the guy out of there, it was kind of like, okay, respect. Right. So I really didn't get to like, you know, like it really wasn't love, but you know, I'm from the East Coast. I'm over here, they don't really know me. So it is what it is, it come with the territory. I think that, uh, I think, I think uh, Saturday, the energy is gonna be great because you know, there's a trilogy, it's a legendary fight, great for, fight for the sport. So I think it's gonna be um, love for both fighters. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. How does that feel when you're, when you're the away fighter not the favorite, getting booed or whatever. Does it motivate you more? Does it, is it better when, when people cheering for you? Because a little bird told me, there's little rumors out there that there might be a card, a matchroom card coming up in New York yeah. early next year. It, it's just a rumor, right. we don't know. But I, a little bird told me. Right. But how would it be to, to, have, to have a homecoming, to be fighting you know, on home soil? Oh, that would be great. I haven't fought in New York since Barkley, since days where you had to come to the arena at 4 o'clock in the afternoon right. to see me fight. Exactly. So now I'm, I'm more, uh, more established in my professional career. So now people can actually come at night because, you know, people like to come for fight night. So now they actually get to come at night of course. and watch me compete if, if I ever uh, compete back in uh, New York. And um, finding an, an enemy territory, I think that with certain fighters, it, it rubs them the wrong way. Some people get nervous and some people know they're truly great and something special. So it's like... I just truly believe that you're gonna have to believe you're gonna have to respect talent regardless. Yeah, yeah. Regardless. I don't care if you hate it, you just you're gonna be like, damn, he's really good at his craft. That's so right. when you walk into the arena with when you walk into the arena with that mindset, like even if y'all don't like me, y'all gonna have to respect me for my craft, I think that you'll be okay. Well, some of the most hostile territories, you know, like in the UK, they really support their charges. So if you're the away fighter, you know, you're gonna get booed hard. Yeah. Or like, let's say Mexico's another very, it can be very hostile toward the away fighter. Right. However, both of those countries have such hardcore fight fans and they know the sport so well that if you ply your wares well and you win, yeah. you can get booed coming in, but you get cheered on the way out. Uh, right. That's gotta be a great feeling. Exactly, definitely a great yeah. feeling, definitely. The fans know and they, they, they'll applaud you on the way out and say, you know what, that guy, yeah, he's the give truth. Respect. Yeah, yeah, right. The fans keep it real, and I love that. And that's how it should be. Yeah. All right. Speaking of fans, let's go to fan fan questions here. Okay, Reg Ray sixteen asks, "Who is the best you've shared the ring with, either sparring amateurs or pros?" I like that question. That's because you've shared with a lot of people. Yeah, I'm, I, I've been asked that question before, but like, so many guys pose so many different threats, so many different styles, right. and so many different um, skill sets. You got guys like Shakur Stevenson that's very calculated and um, a master at, at the craft as at defense and being patient and calculating shots. You got guys like Tank Davis, explosive and can hurt you at any given moment and super talented. The guys like Boots Ennis also super talented, can hurt you at any given moment. Then you got a, a veteran and, a, and, a, and a, just a a guy that's with so much experience, like Terrence Crawford, that you share the ring with, and just kind of just show you show you things that you just like what, the, like yo, what what you just, like what are you doing to me? Like you're breaking down. I don't even know why you're breaking down. So there's there's I haven't I can't really say the best, but 
them names that I'm naming, I've been in there with some heavy hitters, some Gary great. Antoine Russell. Gary Antoine Russell. It's, 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 it's so much talent that I've been in. There's nothing that I, I haven't really, really seen in boxing, I believe. I think I have seen a lot. There's styles that I probably haven't seen yet, but I feel like I've seen a lot and I've gained a lot of experience through like my time of growing, growing in boxing. You know, just in the last question I asked you uh, about the hustle thing, you said some people get nervous about. It. Do you get nervous before fight, or how do you how do you feel on fight day? Um, I've seen you. You seem real composed, real calm. But is that really true? Are you inside? Do you get nervous? How, what like how do you mentally prepare for fight day, and what kind of what what is that ritual for you? Um, I just I just put myself in just another day in a boxing gym. You know, I box I box because when I'm when I'm um, I'm getting ready for fight, I box so many different styles. I box heavy hitters. I box. Fast guys, all type of guys. So it's just like, a, a, like another day of boxing. I believe if 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 you if you believe in hitting, hitting and not getting hit, if you're not getting hit in the gym, you're not gonna get hit in the fight. And it's not even about getting hit. It's just about who you are. Sure. If you if you could take a hit in the in the gym, you could take a hit in the fight. If you could, it it really it's just it's just the same same another day another dollar basically. That's my mindset. And I just feel like if you have that mindset, like you, you've done this so many different times, is what's 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 the difference doing it one more time? Yeah. Well, people ask me that sometimes. Like, you get nervous before, you know, you go in front of all these people on the mic, but it's what I do. Right, exactly. It's, I love what I do. I right. enjoy it. I assume you you love it too. Right. So, so you don't get too nervous. <clears throat> no, nah, not too nervous, more anxious. Anxious. Yeah. What, what like what what is that feeling like? What do you mean anxious? But anxious for what? Anxious like I'm like I'm ready to, you just to get in there and perform. Like, okay. oh, like this guy is saying this and he's they saying he got power and this. I'm just anxious to see like how he's gonna react when he get in front of me. Right. Like is he like I'm just wanting to see like how he's gonna come. I watch his previous fights and I'm like, oh, he did this to this guy, like, nah, he ain't gonna be able to hit me with, with this. Like, could he? Well, let's see. Like, it is what it is. Like, it's just anxious to see what how it's gonna play out. What what do you kind of eat going into a fight? Like, how do you eat a breakfast or a big lunch? Or like how does that does that affect you at all? Um, I eat a, a, a big breakfast probably, and um, just salmon. You know, try to eat clean before okay. a fight. Yeah, I don't really try to eat. But early in my career, I used to eat ice cream, all that after the wins, <laughs> get get my stomach blown up and stuff. Right. But now, like that, I, it's really serious. Right. I try to eat clean and do yeah. everything right. Of course. So to have the best results. All right, let's go back to fan questions. Um, at Biker Stone Cowboy asks, you're very active on Twitter. Uh, what is it about that platform you enjoy the most? <laughs> I, I think I answered it earlier. We answered it earlier, but, yeah. Um, um, just like I said, you get to interact with the boxing fans, the boxing media, right, and and the fighters, just to see what the world is, the boxing world is thinking, and and to keep keep an update. And you know, uh, I just I like I. I talk a lot on Twitter, but I always I put in a lot of work behind the scenes that a lot yeah. of people don't see. Like, I don't, I'm not one to be like, oh, I ran eight miles and and ten miles today. It, it is that's what you do. That's what you do. But I just feel like action speaks louder than words. And no matter if you're running on Twitter saying it and actually doing it, or you're just actually doing it, it doesn't matter. You're as long as you're putting the work and you're putting the work. And so I I just always try to go on, on the box in the on Twitter to let the fans know and the world know I'm coming and. Yeah, I will see soon because I know I'm putting the work in. Well, that's what I love so much about boxing because, you know, that, that squared circle, the ring is the ring of truth. Right. Because you can say anything you want outside of it. Right. But inside, the truth is going to... And, and that's just, the, that's just how the world is. Yeah. Action speaks louder than words. It's like you get try, you're trying to get a girl. It's, it's not about what you say. It's about how you make her feel and what you do. She's going to look at it and be like, okay, you say you're going to give me flowers. Did you actually give me flowers? Like, you know? So it's just, it's just how life works. Actions does speak louder. Dating words. advice from Richardson Hitchens. <laughs> yeah. Okay, final question here. 
David Weeder asks, I saw some talk of a matchroom show in February back home in New York City. Are you on the card? We talked um, about that too a little bit. Yeah, we talked about that. We're, we're, every, we're not sure yet. Um, I'm just staying in the gym, staying active. I would love to be back home. I think it would be a, a great fight for the city yeah. because I have a big New York following outside of boxing. And I think that if I do fight on that card, I think that I know it's a Amanda Serrano card, but I believe that a huge portion of that crowd will be there for me. So I think that it's going to be a, a great fight. And um, I think the city is going to be out because you got, if I'm on that card and you got Amanda Serrano on that card, it's going to be just a great night for for New York boxing that night. Be a great night. Right. Listen, what a pleasure to see you, man. Yeah. I, I, I just wish you all the best, and I can't wait for, for what the future holds for you. It's very exciting and uh, great to have you on the Matchroom team. And uh, thank you for joining us today. Um, everyone out there um, from Phoenix, Arizona, Estrada Chocolatito 3, tune yes. in on the zone. And we'll be back next week from Leeds, Josh Warrington versus Lopez. So we'll uh, check you guys out next week. Thanks a lot. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, my guy. Right. Appreciate you, man. Yeah.